You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Campus Beat. And I am Dinah Jansen, your host, and I have the great pleasure of welcoming into my virtual studio today, Dr. Jane Philpott, Dean of the Faculty of Health Sciences and Director of the School of Medicine here at Queen's University. Welcome, Jane. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. So before we get into our topic today, the new book, the University of Ottawa Press's Uh, book, Vulnerable, The Law, Policy, and Ethics of COVID-19. Can you first tell us a little bit about yourself, your research, and your administrative work at Queen's University? Well, I'm thrilled to be the new Dean of the Faculty of Health Sciences here. It's an incredible opportunity at a very exceptional time in our history. Mm -hmm. So my background is that I'm a family doctor and uh, worked in family medicine for over three decades. I actually spent the first decade of my career working in West Africa and then was a family doctor in the greater Toronto area where I uh, got involved in medical education there and started to be very interested in teaching. Um, I had a little diversion from my uh, medical education career and went into politics for a few years, had the privilege of being the Minister of Health and the Minister of Indigenous Services and um, eventually came back to where I, uh, where I love the most, which is in the uh, health professions education sector. So being able to put to use the skills that I've learned both as a family doctor on the clinical front lines, as well as a lot of experience in policy making, and uh, really thrilled to be here at Queen's in this role. Well, thank you very much and congratulations to you on your new role as Dean of the Faculty of Health Sciences. Thank you. So you recently co-edited and even authored a chapter in the University of Ottawa Press's new book, Vulnerable, The Law, Policy and Ethics of COVID-19. Can you tell us a little bit about this book overall? Well, it's an amazing project that I was invited to be part of. And I think it's almost unparalleled that you can put together an entire academic textbook in a period of a you know, eight weeks, basically. Uh, But I was invited by uh, my colleague, Colleen Flood, who is uh, an academic lawyer, works uh, in the area of health law at the University of Ottawa. And she was pulling together a small team, uh, mostly who were in the sort of health law space, but wanted somebody who was more in the healthcare space to be part of this book, to look at the pandemic in its early stages from the perspective of of policies, law and ethics. Mm -hmm. And we also took this frame around vulnerability and how has this exposed the vulnerabilities of society. So we worked together very quickly. The University of Ottawa Press got on board right from the start, said, we'll publish the book if you can make it happen. We invited over 70 authors to come together and put together 43 chapters uh, that were all peer reviewed. And it's um, amazingly not only available as a textbook, but it's available free for downloading. So people can access it right away. It's being used already, I think, by some 
uh, university courses, and it's a really, uh, really wonderful project. So what are the collection's goals then? Well, the hope is actually to influence um, the outcomes of the pandemic because, you know, we tried to look at some very specific issues around, you know, are there uh, legal changes that could be implemented so that, for instance, long-term care facilities are not so vulnerable so that people don't fall through the cracks because uh, there's not the kind of collaboration or cooperation across uh, various orders of government. So the idea was to, <coughs> excuse me, look at what's happened to date and do a rapid analysis of that and try to put some ideas, policy ideas in the window that could be picked up by decision makers at the government level to be able to change the outcomes as we go forward because sadly this pandemic will be with us for at least the next couple of years to come. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I noticed just going through the chapters of, of the book itself that it's not just medicine uh, that's informing the collection. There's quite a lot of multidisciplinarity uh, occurring in this book and its development. How does it inform its organization overall? Well, uh, we spent a lot of time sort of thinking through that and trying to get, you know, a really diverse collection of authors, as you said. I mean, obviously, there are many more smart people that could have contributed to this book. Um, but you're right, we really did try to capture, I mean, with health law being sort of the, the overarching theme, but then looking into, um, into other areas that touch on that. There's an entire section on global health, for example, that looks at international law and what its impact on the pandemic would be. Uh, there's a section on labor, so that looks at the health, not only the health workforce, but other workforce issues and how that impacts the pandemic. So it's, um, it, it's, a, it's a pretty broad array, not obviously completely comprehensive because that would have been an even longer book. Uh, but uh, as I say, I think people will find it really interesting. And if, you're, if uh, policy and ethics around the pandemic are of interest to you, then people will find something for themselves in this book. Excellent. So with that in mind, you'd mentioned that this was quite a fast turnaround, about eight weeks, including peer review. I, I don't think I've ever heard of a book coming out so quickly before this, and, but of course it's necessary and uh, extremely timely. Um, so in, with this in mind, how were the contributions that were collected ultimately selected? And with that, there were obviously a lot of uh, paths not taken in the book, but what might you hope to see for further future investigation? It's a really great question, you know. So we sort of started with already a pretty long list of people that we knew we wanted to invite to be part of this. And, you know, um, I have to give a big shout out to Dr. Colleen Flood, who's a real, she's a force to be <laughs> reckoned with. This woman is just, she knows so many people in the health law space uh, that she already had a good list of, of ideas and people. And then by the time I was brought in, we were trying to figure out how we can kind of organize them into, into various themes of this book. But, you know, ultimately the University of Ottawa Press said, actually, you're going to have to cap this. You can't make it any longer. I think it's already <laughs> close to 700 pages. Um, so we eventually sort of reached the point that we had lots more ideas and lots more potential authors that we just couldn't fit in. But I think, you know, your question leads me to, to, to the, 
perspective, which we haven't quite stepped into yet, but that there, you know, there probably should be a second volume because, you know, even as as we were submitting the final manuscripts, you know, every day the numbers go up. So we were, it really is a snapshot in time. Mm-hmm. And there's a very upfront acknowledgement about the fact that we obviously don't know everything yet. We were really early days, you know, mm-hmm. the in the end of June, lots has happened since then. Um, but it's never too early to start to learn lessons from something like this, right? So, uh, so we kind of acknowledged up front that we don't completely, ha- we can't see the future. Um, but let's, let's get out what has struck us because some of those first impressions, if you don't get them on paper at the time that they happen, what we're, it, it's really a, an historical document to sort of say, here's where we were uh, midsummer in 2020 and what we knew. Uh, would be very interesting to look at doing a follow-up down the road once we learn more. Excellent. So with that in mind, tell us about your own chapter, A View from the Frontlines of a COVID-19 Outbreak. And has your view changed since you wrote that chapter to the present day? Well, thanks for asking about that. I mean, my chapter is a little different than some of the others in the book, but I had, you know, just as this project was underway, I was basically working full time at a group home uh, in Markham, Ontario. Um, I was waiting for my term to start as dean. Pardon the (laughs) sirens in the background here. Uh, We're right beside the hospital. so I was I was waiting for my new role to start as dean, and with the outbreaks happening, there was a terrible outbreak in a group home for adults with severe uh, physical and intellectual disabilities, where 95% of the residents of the home were infected with COVID, and it was absolutely heartbreaking uh, what took place there. And I was called in kind of at the last minute to help out and worked very intensively there over a six-week period. So while I was on one hand kind of simultaneously helping to pull together this very academic textbook, my head was also in the space of this is, you know, it's not just academics, it's frontline, it's people, these are real people's lives and people are dying and there's heartache and there's panic around not being able to get enough staff. And I wanted to have a place in the book to tell that real life story. Um, So I think people hopefully will find that chapter. kind of keeps the academic part honest right you know because you can you can you you can have all the health policy theory in the world but unless it actually makes sense on the front lines then um you know it's uh it's its value should be questioned but i really think that it is on the front lines in fact i I write this in the book i say that you know it's on the front lines that health policy gets both its inspiration and its testing ground okay so with your work on the front lines that must have been quite a, a frightening experience i'm not sure if you've ever encountered uh people being so sick and a lot of people at the same time so sick and many of them dying. Uh, How did you work through that yourself on a personal, let alone professional level? What did that look like as a frontline worker? Well, it was, it was a profound experience. I mean, I had had some, you know, similarly heart-wrenching experiences. I worked in West Africa in the country of Niger for, for almost a decade and uh, in particular, I went back to Niger at one point in the midst of a very severe famine 
and there were babies and toddlers dying and it was so you know i've i've experienced death before okay um as a healthcare worker um in 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 really bad circumstances um but this was different altogether because this was in a you know an affluent country where we have great health systems and yet these uh individuals uh who were highly vulnerable because their um you know their conditions uh, made them more susceptible to, you know, not surviving the COVID infection and to also see the terrible impact of what happened because the staff were not there and these people were so dependent upon um, personal support workers and nurses to be able to provide care. Uh, it was a, it was a frightening experience. I will have to say for the, for the, for the team there. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad I was able to help a little bit, but it was it was really hard. Well, thank you for all of the work that you have done on the front lines, and and uh, thank you for giving us some insights. Some of us who are not on the front lines may not necessarily really understand that uh, what that uh, experience would feel like to be in. So I, I really do appreciate your insights on that. Thank you so much. Um, do you have any more comments on vulnerable, the law policy and ethics of COVID-19? Well, I think the only thing I would say just as a reminder to your audience that uh, it's available free for download, which is not every day that you get a free textbook, but uh, if people Google vulnerable University of Ottawa Press COVID-19, you know, mm -hmm. some combination thereof, you'll, you'll get a, find a link to it. Mm -hmm. um, download a PDF of the entire textbook. So as uh, students on campus are looking for a good resource of something that's up to date and peer reviewed, it's a, it's a good place to go. Um, and I think most people will find that there are several chapters in there that they will, will really speak to the issues they're interested in. Okay, and with that, is there a particular audience you mentioned that, well, it is an academic press that put this out. It is uh, structured as a textbook and certainly students can gain something from it as well as perhaps many of your peers in the various disciplines uh, that informed this uh, the studies therein. What about rank and file folks out in the community? What might they gain from it? Well, I think any, you know, um, my mother's read parts of it. So that's a good, it's a good example of the fact that people find it interesting. You know, there's a there are many chapters that discuss issues like should we be closing borders or not and what do the laws say about that and has this worked and um you know there's there are good chapters about you know how nursing homes are run and and um what what are the obligations of uh, a workplace to to make sure that they provide personal protective equipment for the people that work there so people will find very relevant uh, up-to-date questions on this and absolutely um, all Canadians uh, and people well beyond Canada hopefully will find some interesting uh, learning in this and it will be thought-provoking and hopefully uh, it will also inspire really good decisions uh, by policymakers in the in the years to come. Excellent. So do you have any messages to our listeners about staying safe? Well, you know, I think it's the core messages. This has been hard for everyone. I mean, we've, the last six or eight months have been very difficult for people all over the world. And we've, been, we've endured a lot of loss and trauma, um, but we have to stick with it for the long haul. We have to 
keep our distance, uh, maintain that physical distancing, keep washing our hands, keep wearing masks, keep avoiding crowds. Um, I, I know how hard it is on so many people, uh, but we've all got to stick together to uh, get through this as quickly as we can. Sage advice. Anything else to add? Well, I just want to thank you for having me on your show and uh, really appreciate your interest in the topic and, and the book. Well, thank you very much. I've been speaking with Jane Philpott, Dean of the Faculty of Health Sciences at Queen's University, as well as Director of the School of Medicine. We really do appreciate your time joining us here today on Campus Beat and for talking about the University of Ottawa's book, Vulnerable, the Law, Policy, and Ethics of COVID-19. Again, a book that is also freely accessible. Can you tell us again, Jane, the link for how people can find this? Well, the easiest thing I would suggest is go right in your search bar, Vulnerable, University of Ottawa Press, COVID-19. And I'm pretty sure one of the top links that'll pop up will be right there. And you'll see the, the opportunity to download the book. Thank you very much, Jane, for joining us. We really do appreciate your time. My pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. Thank you.